Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called The Forgotten Commandment, brothers and sisters. Today, we're going to deal with a certain commandment, a certain law that deals with self-application, with us examining ourselves first. Usually, when you come into the understanding of your true heritage as an Israelite, you go to the physical laws of, you know, you know, I need to grow my beard, I need to dress modestly, I need to wear my fringes. And, you know, all of those things are good. Those things are fine. The law of Moses is good, brothers and sisters. But there's a higher level and there's a commandment that as predominantly Israelites, I think we have forgotten, brothers and sisters. And we want to go into that particular law um, and that law will be called the royal law of love, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to John in the gospel, chapter 13. We're going to read verse 34 and 35, brothers and sisters. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you. Right. So, brothers and sisters, this is the setting for a new directive that is often overlooked. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Right. So you must love our brethren and our sisters in their times of failure and even in their lack of understanding. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I, love, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Read that part one more time, brother. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Right. So Christ takes this request further by indicating it to be an identification of who his true followers are, brothers and sisters. If ye have loved one, one to another. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. Right. So brothers and sisters, notice this is not to be a sign only to believers, rather love for each other. That will be a witness to the world, brothers and sisters. So we must magnify this particular law of brothers and sisters, because why? The children of Israel, um, predominantly when you when you find out you're an Israelite, there's a lot of hate monger going on, brothers and sisters. There's a lot of quote-unquote, black nationalism going on, brothers and sisters. For some reason, our people pick up the spirit of hate, hatred, brothers and sisters, and treat, you know, Gentiles as if they are beneath us, and they're not. We, we will sit and cry about how the white man have treated us, and then we'll get this knowledge, and then we'll do the same thing. Now, we understand, brothers and sisters, a lot of times when you find out you've been lied to for so long, there's a certain anger that comes over you, brothers and sisters. And, you know, that's natural. Uh, it, it's, it's natural for youth when you're spiritually youthful, brothers and sisters. But you must mature past that hatred and find the love, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time from the top. Verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you. Right. Remember, it's a commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. We wanted to magnify that. It said, this is how you will know who is his disciples. Because it doesn't matter if you know you're an Israelite. 
that doesn't matter if you're not exemplifying the spirit of love. You're not a disciple of Christ. Irregardless, the same way Pharisees were Israelites of the flesh, but they were not showing love, brothers and sisters. They were becoming judgmental. So irregardless of if you know the 12 tribes chart and you you know all of the, the you know, um, you know, all of the Hebrew records, if you're not showing love, then you're not a disciple of Christ. And we want to magnify that, brothers and sisters. Now, remember, it says this is a commandment. This is a requirement, brothers and sisters. This is not optional. If you are a follower of Christ, you must exemplify love. We're going to go to Romans. In the epistles, chapter 4, verse 15. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Paul's writings. Romans, chapter 4, verse 15. Romans 4 and 15. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Where there's no law, there's no transgression, brothers and sisters. Now, we've already read that the commandment of love, which means that's a law. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Right. So if there wasn't a law of love, that means there's no transgression if you don't follow. it. But we've already read and we've magnified the fact that that is actually a commandment from Christ himself, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, it says transgression. What is a transgression? Biblically, brothers and sisters, biblically, what is a transgression? We're going to read it one more time before we move to show or let the Bible to show what a transgression is. Because the law worketh wrath for where no law is, there is no transgression. Now, now we have to find out biblically what is a transgression, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Not the gospel, brothers and sisters, but 1 John near Revelations. 1 John 3 and 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. Brothers and sisters, notice how the Bible defines sin. Can you read that one more time, brother? Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Right. So this is speaking of the laws, statutes, and commandments contained in biblical literature, brothers and sisters. Not some anomalous law that somebody would mention to you in a church as, uh, well, you know, um, smoking cigarettes or, or, you know, whatever they're talking about in the church. Uh, now, we're not saying smoking a cigarette is not a sin, but what we're talk what we want to magnify is the laws contained in the Bible, because in the Christian church, they'll they'll talk to you all day about smoking cigarettes and then go have a pork chop sandwich. So what this is talking about commandments or laws contained in the Bible. Can you read that one more time, Brother Corey? Verse four. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Right, so sin is transgression of the law. Now, we've already read, brothers and sisters, that there is a law of love. So if you do not follow that law, what are you dealing in? You're dealing in sin, brothers and sisters. Because why? The law of love is just that. It's a commandment. And the this scripture is telling you that sin is the transgression of the law. So if you do not follow that law of love, brothers and sisters, guess what? You're dealing in sin without any shadow of a doubt, brothers and sisters. There is a law of love. There are laws on how we should treat each other, laws of civility. And if you break those laws, you are sinning, brothers and sisters. 
We're going to go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. Just one chapter before. 1 John 2 and 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. Read that one more time, brother. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Right. So the only, listen, brothers and sisters, if you don't keep the commandments... Then no matter if you know you're an Israelite or, or you claim that you know the Most High, you are a liar. You must keep the commandment, even the commandment of love, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, Brother Corey? Verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Right. So what is this saying? This is showing you that the only way to to perfect your perfect your your relationship with the most high to show that you love the most high is to show him your obedience brothers and sisters verse five but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of god perfected hereby know we that we are in him right so we're in the most high if we keep his word you cannot pick and choose which commandments you want to follow you cannot tell a brother that he cannot fornicate but then you're not dealing in the spirit of love because somebody may be of a different uh, ethnicity of you. Oh, oh, well, you know, I hate the white man, but, you know, you should eat this pork. So, you know, you can't do that, brothers and sisters. You cannot do that. You're either going to follow all of the law or you might as well, you might as well not follow any of the brothers and sisters. The Bible is going to go fur further in detail. Uh, Rec uh, examine this, brothers and sisters. Verse 6. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Right. So if you claim to have Christ, brothers and sisters, that means you must walk as Christ walked. Irregardless of the histrionics of a white man or an African or any other Gentile, brothers and sisters, you must walk as Christ if you want to use this Bible and claim that you're a royal nation or a royal people, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Read that one more time, brother. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. A new commandment. Which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. Right. So now it's going to show us how, show us through Christ how to get back on track with the love of the Most High God. Verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Read that one more time, brother. He that saith he is in the light. And hated his brother is in darkness even until now. See, look at that, brothers and sisters. You can do all the other commandments, but if you have hate and bitterness in your heart, then you're still in the darkness. Irregardless of how many precepts you think you know, or if your beard is touching the floor, doesn't matter. You're still in the dark. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 9. He that saith he is in the light. And hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, 
and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Right. So you can tell who's in the light, brothers and sisters, by the love that they exemplify. And when it's talking about brother, this is not talking about your physical. Well, it's talking about your physical brother too, your blood brother, your siblings. But this is talking about each and every person, your brother and your sister. This is not just talking about loving men. This is talking about loving women as our sisters too, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Right. So, brothers and sisters, a lot of us claim to have all this truth and still haven't learned how to treat your brethren, even in disagreement, brothers and sisters, even in disagreement. So no matter how many scriptures you know or how long you've known that you're an Israelite, guess what? If you're not following this law of love, you might as well be eating a pork chop sandwich with, with, uh, with some ham on it. You might as well be a sodomite. You might as well just, you might as well just do it. This is what the Bible is telling you. This is the overlooked, the most overlooked commandment, brothers and sisters, especially when you come into the understanding that you are a Hebrew Israelite through blood, the, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We must exemplify love, brothers and sisters, because why? People are looking at us. And if, how can you claim to be the people within the book? And yet only thing you teach is, hey, and we want to magnify this. Why? Because we see a lot of our young brethren, when you look on um, these social sites like uh, YouTube and these, these things, when you type in Israelite or Hebrew Israelites, usually the first thousand results that's going to come up is somebody on the corner, a young brother with no knowledge, still wet behind the ears, on the corner, telling the white man he's the devil. And you're in the dark, brother, because... Who is going to believe that you're the children of Israel when you're dealing in hate? Hmm? Because you have to walk as Christ walked, brothers and sisters. Christ was beat and whipped and spit upon, mocked. They put a, a, a crown of thorns on his head and he said what? He said, forgive them for they know not what they've done. So Christ always walked in love, brothers and sisters, even to Gentiles without any shadow of a doubt. And we must exemplify that because why? A lot of our people just get caught up on being an Israelite. It doesn't matter if you're an Israelite if you're if you're not the Israelite. The Israelite is Christ. So it doesn't matter if you're an Israelite. That's not going to get you into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. You must be the Israelite. You must be Christ. You must walk as Christ, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 11 and 27. We're going to the law, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 27. Deuteronomy 11 and 27. Now remember, brothers and sisters, it, the law of love is a commandment. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Read that one more time, brother. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Right. So those who love God should demonstrate their love in obedience to God. And the way you do that is to obey his commandments, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse 27. A blessing. If ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. A blessing. If you obey the commandments 
The Most High rewards us as a result of our obedience, brothers and sisters. When you choose to obey the Most High, he will bless you. Obedience always leads to blessings, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 27. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Right. And that's including the law of love, brothers and sisters. Not just the ten. You must follow the law of love. Because why? God's commandments set the fundamental standard by which he will judge us. So you will be judged based on that law of love, not just eating pork and all that other stuff. See, those are the things that you can see with the naked eye. But what about working on what's inside? See, a lot of people, when they find out they're Israel, they just want to work on the outside. I want to look like I'm a Jew. I want to look like I'm a Benjamin. I want to look, I want to appear to be an Israelite. When you're not dealing with the inside, you clean the outside of the cup, the Bible says, when the inside is filthy. We're going to go to, we wanted to magnify that. It says, if you obey the commandments, you will receive blessings. So we're going to go to one of those commandments. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, brothers and sisters. We're going to stick in the law. We're going to stick in the law, the books of Moses. Leviticus 19 and 18. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Right, so grudges are not acceptable before the Most High God. This is a commandment, brothers and sisters. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Read that one more time, please, brother. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. How many of us walk around with begrudging, begrudging baggage, brothers and sisters? The Most High forbids grudges because they foster nothing but bitterness and eventually destruction, brothers and sisters. Forgiving others and giving up grudges is for our own good, brothers and sisters. It says we cannot hold any grudges. We shall love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the part we want to magnify, loving thy neighbor as thyself. Christ confirmed this, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew in the gospel Chapter 19, verse 19. Follow us to the gospel, brothers and sisters. This is the forgotten commandment. Matthew 19 and 19. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. See? So would you want someone walking around with a grudge against you? Why? Because the Bible said, love thy neighbor as thyself. So would you want somebody to walk around with a grudge against you? Because... Maybe you offended them or transgressed. Of course you wouldn't. Would you want somebody to walk around and slander your name? Of course you would not. So why are we magnifying this? Why are we magnifying this? Because a lot of our people are walking around with grudges against our own people, brothers and sisters. Working against our own people. We must deal in forgiveness, brothers and sisters. Because if you are holding grudges, then you're not dealing in the spirit of love. You're not following that commandment. Of love, brothers and sisters. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, brothers and sisters. So the same way you want to be loved, the same way that you love yourself, you must love thy neighbor. And your neighbor is not the person in the apartment next door. Your neighbor is those who walk the earth with you, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Luke 6 and 31 to, to, to buffer that particular point, brothers and sisters. We're going to the golden rule. Luke chapter 6, verse 31. 
Luke 6 and 31. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Right. So I, we went to this scripture because I had a young man um, a few weeks ago. He told me there was a certain person who was treating him harshly. And he started to treat that person harshly because he felt like, well, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, that's not true. Uh, he said, well, they must want to be treated harshly because that's how they're treating me. The Bible doesn't say that. Read that one more time, brother. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Right. So you don't treat people how they treat you. You treat them how you would like to be treated, brothers and sisters. And this is the golden rule. The golden rule of justice and equity in all our dealings with men is this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 31. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. Right. So if you only love the people who love you, then how are you any different from a sinner? Everybody loves those who love them. Verse 33. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. See? So this hyperbolic command summarizes the duty of a disciple regarding love of enemies. And all people for that matter, brothers and sisters. So you can't just love those who love you. Or treat those with respect that treat you with respect. What makes you any different from a sinner, brothers and sisters? What makes you any different from a sinner? Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 33, and if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also even do the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye have you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. See, so if you only lend to those who you expect to lend to you, then how are you any different from a sinner? You must treat those better then they've even treated you, brothers and sisters. This is what this is talking about. Just because somebody wouldn't lend something to you doesn't mean you can't lend it to them. Just because somebody doesn't promote love in your direction or doesn't reciprocate the love that you're exemplifying doesn't mean that you should <laughs> no longer exemplify that love. So we need to magnify this, brothers and sisters, because we have a lot of young men running around exemplifying hate. And you're going to be... The government is going to destroy you. They already have laws on the books because now you, you, they, you're a terrorist. You're a homegrown terrorist. When you start getting out there dealing with race baiting, you're getting ready to be destroyed. The Most High will allow you to be destroyed because why? You're having people view the Bible and say, well, if the Bible is promoting this hate that this brother is exemplifying, I want nothing to do with it. So actually you're working against the work. So we must examine that, brothers and sisters. When I see love, that lets me know that this person have an interest in following Christ. No matter how many scriptures you can break down, if there's no love there, then who wants to learn from you? Who wants to, who wants to honor you, brothers and sisters? We're going to go to Leviticus 19 and 34 to buffer that particular point, brothers and sisters. Why do we go there? We're going to show you why. Leviticus 19 and 34. A lot of Israelites are not going to like this. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. Right. So this means even Gentiles. 
when a Gentile that dwell with us, a Gentile come within our church, guess what? We are to treat them as if they were an Israelite, brothers and sisters. Because why? When they're amongst us, they will be learning of our God. Can you read that one more time, brother? But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Right. So when we were in Egypt, brothers and sisters, they allowed us to be there. They received us with love, brothers and sisters. So now that we have our identity back, doesn't mean now we should magnify hate. Doesn't mean that. We should love the stranger, even the Gentile, as ourselves, brothers and sisters. For we were once strangers in another person's land. So why did we go here? We went here to expose the darkness by shining light on it. When you see Israelites showing hate to other nations, then you understand that is not a place where I'm going to sit under their tutelage. I'm not going to learn from a place that exemplifies hate. I don't care if they broke down revelations. I, I, we, that does not matter. If there's no love there, then you should not learn there, brothers and sisters. Why? Because the greatest law is love. The law of love is mutually exclusive. The, the law, excuse me, the law of love is not mutually exclusive just to Israelites. Brother Cord, did you want to say something on that in reference to how we should treat Gentiles? Um, yeah, I see a lot of our people, like you was mentioning, um, they would, when they come into the truth, finding out who they are, Israelites, they treat those who have oppressed us you know, in the past, you know, slavery, um, rape our people, spit upon our people, and they they automatically get this anger, this feeling that they they should revenge, right? They should pay back the people who've oppressed us. When uh, vengeance is not ours, like the Bible will tell you, it's the Most High's or it's the Lord's. So, for us to have that animosity and hatred towards the the oppressor or what they call the white man. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't stand up with the, it doesn't line up with what the Bible preaches. Like when Christ preaches love, it doesn't line up. You can't have hate and love that exist in the same, same fact. So that's just all I wanted to say about it. And the brothers, right. Brothers and sisters, we are not to reciprocate somebody else's histrionics mm -hmm. because they've treated us a certain way. Because what makes us better than them, brothers and sisters? And we, we want to magnify this. Why? Because we know our people have itching ears. And they want to go and hear anybody who knows they're an Israelite. And you have to measure these people against the Bible, brothers and sisters. You must measure these people against the Bible. You cannot treat any Gentile or, or, or anybody, to be quite frank with you, without love. Because if you do, then that shows your immaturity, and you have mature, you have you have maturation to do. Right. You, you're spiritually in adolescence. And if we're commanded to preach the gospel and walk as Christ walked, show me where Christ went and and talked about the white man like that. It's nowhere. <laughs> that that's not in the Bible. Don't even look for it, brothers <laughs> and sisters, because it's not there. The Most High never treated somebody different based on how they treated him or based on the color of their skin. That is ignorant, brothers and sisters. That is immature. And you ought not to learn from people like that, brothers and sisters. We're going to magnify that. We're going to buffer that point by going to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. We're going to the gospel. 
we, we're going to deal with Christ. What does Christ have to say? Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, brother. Matthew 7 and 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Read that one more time, brother. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye also even to them. For this is the law and the prophets. See, so whatever you would want a man, however you would want a man or woman to treat you, you must do unto them. When it says, for this is the law and the prophets, the law, we just came from the law. The first five books of the Bible, brothers and sisters. And then you have the prophets, which is the Tanakh. You have the Torah and the Tanakh. The prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. These are the prophets, brothers and sisters. So this scripture is saying how we treat others is not to be determined by how we expect them to treat us or even their histrionics against us, but how we want them to treat us, brothers and sisters. Selfless love does not serve in order to prevent its own harm or to ensure its own welfare. It serves for the sake of the one being served and serves in the way in which being served, whether it, excuse me, whether it receives such service or not. So we don't treat people based on, you know, uh, how they treated us. We treat them how we want them to treat us, brothers and sisters. Because why? That's what an Israelite does. This true spirit of an Israelite is the spirit of love, brothers and sisters. So I, I always, um, when I see young brothers on the corners, uh, I've seen them even attack our own people. Sister, you, you know you ain't supposed to have pants on. You're going to hell. I'm like, brother, now is that going to be effective, brother? Let's just say that was in the Bible, which is not. But let's just say it was. Who, what, which one of our sisters, let me know. Which one of our sisters is going to say, yeah, you know what? If I wear pants, I'm going to go to hell. Thanks for telling me that, brother. Now, let me uh, come get baptized into your church. <laughs> it's not effective. It's not efficient, brothers and sisters. We're not here to waste time and to, 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 to pick fights with our own people. What we're here to do is show love, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? <clears throat> Verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Right. So you treat those how you would like to be treated, brothers and sisters. That's that's what we exemplify. That's what our church exemplifies, brothers and sisters. You would never hear that our church uh, treated a Gentile or any other person, whether it's a homosexual or, or whatever. We're going to treat that homosexual with love, too. Brothers and sisters, the love of the Bible, that is. We're going to go to uh, John chapter 14, verse 15. We want to bring this out. We're going to stick in the gospel, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. John 14 and 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Read that one more time, brother. If ye love me, keep my commandments. See? So if you love the Most High, you keep his commandments. And one of his commandments is the commandment of love. Love thy brethren. Love thy neighbor. Doesn't matter if they're an Israelite or not. Didn't say, oh, love Israelites. That's not the commandment. The commandment is love your brethren. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Right. So if you make claims of following the Bible and can't abide by the laws of love, then you might as well be reading Dr. Seuss. You might as well be reading Green Eggs and Ham. 
That's what you might as well be doing. If you cannot follow the law of love, then you might as well be uh, reading Dr. Seuss. Without any shadow of a doubt. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Not the gospel. 1 John. 1 John 3 and 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. From the beginning. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. Right Now we're defining what love is. Read that one more time, brother, from the top, please. Verse 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil. And his brother's righteous. So instead of love, Cain found reason to have indignation and envy with his brother. Why? Because he wanted the Most High to give him credit for what he was doing individually outside of what the Most High God commanded. The Most High God required an offering. Cain wanted to offer fruits and berries. When the only thing that you can offer to the Most High blood is what the Most High is what. A sacrifice that the Most High will receive. So Cain didn't have cattle. His brother had cattle. And the Most High knew that. He put that there so Cain would have to go to his brother. And show humility and love. Because why? Abel would have gave it to his brother. But Cain had so much indignation within him. He couldn't even go to his brother. Read that one more time brother please. Verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were of evil, and his brother's righteous. Because of what? His own works were of evil, and his brother's righteous. Now, even Israelites can understand this. When you show a, um, a Christian, you know, about the Sabbath or about the pork, you see their countenance turn to venomous towards you. Why? Because their works are evil. So because it's being shown that their works is not what's accepted to the Most High God, what happens? They come against you. They look to destroy you. They look to slander your name. Why? Because their works are evil, brothers and sisters. Also, that's twofold. Because that shows that what? The Most High won't accept something just because you're giving it as a sacrifice. And I wanted to magnify that because a lot of Christians say, well, I worship God on any day. Well, listen, now you're beating around the bush because the Most High didn't say you could worship on any day. So I had a brother tell me once, as long as I give the Most High a day, that's all that matters. Yeah, see, and that, that's what Cain, that's exactly what Cain thought. Cain said, well, look, I, I worked hard on my berries. I, I worked hard with my fruit. The Most High's like, get that out of here. I don't care if you worked hard on it. You do what you're commanded to do. We wanted to bring that out because Christians will say, well, as long as I give him a sacrifice, it doesn't matter what day. Cain thought the same thing. And because that wasn't so, he slew his brother. Read, can you read that one more time, brother, uh, from the top? <clears throat> Verse 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were of evil. And his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we love the brethren. 
He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Right. So you must, if you don't love your brethren or your sister, you you abide in death. You're headed straight to the gates of hell. Uh, Next scripture, please, brother. Verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Why is the Most High saying whoever hateth his brother is a murderer? Because he knew that Cain's venom didn't start with his killing his brother. That was just a result of what was developing within his heart against his brother. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Exactly. Because Cain had too much indignation with his brother to humble himself and go to him and say, listen, I'll give you some of my fruit and, and you give me a cattle so I can have a acceptable sacrifice for, for the father. See, uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for, for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Right. So the same way that the most high had love for us and therefore sent his son, we ought to lay down our life the same way for our brethren. The work is to be respected. Verse 17. But whoso hath the, this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now this is showing you another <clears throat> form of hatred. Can you read that one more time, brother? But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Right. So if you can't exercise charity to them without, then you're not showing love. You're not showing compassion. Verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Right. Love is an action, brothers and sisters. It's not a, it's, you know, and love, that word love is being skewed because you'll have somebody say, well, I love pizza or I love ice cream. And that skews how we look at the word love. We're dealing with this from a biblical aspect, brothers and sisters. Love is an action. Anybody who's in a relationship understands that. Continue, brother, please. Verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Right. So what this is saying is when you do something wrong, brothers and sisters, or you offend somebody and your heart tell you, you need to go back and apologize. And we've all felt it. We've done something. And then immediately we're like, "Ah, I should have actually probably not did that. That's the most high telling you that was wrong. That was wrong. Go back and apologize to your brethren. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 20. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Right. When it says we have confidence, then we have arrogance against the Most High. If your heart don't condemn you when you're doing something evil, then you need to examine that. Like, we'll we'll have brothers... Um, in running the streets in these gangs who will go shoot their brethren and then go play Xbox after that, right? Or go cheat on their wife and then uh, go go home and have dinner or, or, or whatever. 
If if that's how your heart is, you have arrogance towards the Most High, and there's a judgment for that. Can you uh, continue, brother, please? Verse twenty-two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments. Read that part again. Because we keep His commandments. Right. One of those commandments is what to love your brethren, to love your sisters, to love your neighbor. So if you don't love your brethren, you don't love your sister. If you don't exemplify that particular attribute, that's that 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 uh, that spirit of love, then you won't receive what you're looking for. A lot of us will say, "Well, I stopped eating pork, and uh, you know, I I stopped celebrating Christmas, but the Most High is not answering my prayers." When you got you holding a grudge against somebody that did something to you last year or last week, read that one more time, brother, please. Verse twenty-two, and whatsoever we ask. We, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Right. So now with a clear conscience, we can ask the most high for the particulars we want from him, brothers and sisters. See, so in order to receive what you want or what you need, you must keep his commandments. And one of those forgotten commandments is the law of love, brothers and sisters. The law of love is more important than them all. Without any shadow of a doubt. And we're going to prove that. Uh, can you read the next scripture brother? Verse 23. And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son Christ. And love one another. As he gave us commandment. To fur- further prove that it's a commandment. Brothers and sisters. This is a commandment that you may that you cannot neglect. If you're a true disciple. A true apostle of Christ. You cannot neglect this law of love. And it's not mutually exclusive to another Israelite or to somebody who believes the same way you believe. He never said <laughs> that, oh, if, if they agree with you, then show them love. Never said that. You might as well be a sinner then because you only love those who agree with you. You might as well be a sinner. We're going to show you that the law of love is one of the most important laws that there is. We're going to go to Galatians. We're going to Galatians and the epistles, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Galatians 5 and 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Read that one more time, brother. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. See? So all the law is fulfilled in this one word, in this one saying, in this one phrase, that you should love your neighbor as thyself, brothers and sisters. Love thy neighbor as thyself with the same sincerity that you love yourself. Love is a living, active principle of obedience to the whole law. Why? Because the law was given to us out of love. The Most High gave us the law because he loved us and didn't want us to destroy ourselves and be burnt forever with fire and brimstone. That's why he gave Israel the law, because without the law, we're damned. So he loved us so much that he gave us the law, brothers and sisters. The Ten Commandments was out of love. This is, if you follow this law, then by default, you would follow the rest. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. So this expresses the substance of the whole law. It embraces and uh, and comprises all of the law, brothers and sisters. The whole will of God containing our duty towards men is reducible to this one thing. And that's love, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. We're going to prove it. We're going to go to Mark chapter 12. 
Sticking in the gospel, brothers and sisters, follow us, please. Mark chapter 12. We're going to read verse 28 through 33. Mark 12 and 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together. Now the scribes, brothers and sisters, were the lawgivers. They were those who, the scribes and Pharisees were those who had political status to make sure the law is being followed appropriately by the children of Israel. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Christ answered him, The first of all commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is the most important commandment. Then... Verse 31, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is none other commandment greater than these. Read that part again. There is none other commandment greater than these. There is none other commandment greater than these. Brothers and sisters, we need to magnify that because Israelites are not dealing with this law. There is none greater than to love the most high God, which means keeping his commandments. And guess what? One of those commandments is to love thy neighbor as thyself. See? So if you're not following the greatest commandments, I we don't care if, you know, <laughs> we don't care if you know you're an Israelite or not. We don't trust every shalom, brothers and sisters. You cannot trust every shalom. And you'll learn that as you begin to mature. Because in the when you first come into the understanding you're an Israelite, you believe Every Israelite believes the same. You believe that every Israelite is following the Bible, and, and they're not, brothers and sisters. R read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 31. <clears throat> and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Right. Continue. Verse 32. And the scribes said unto him, well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God. And there is none other but he. And to love him with all thy heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Is what? More than all, all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Right. What is this talking about? It says more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. That was the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. That was the Old Covenant, meaning... That a lot of our people think that the laws of Moses is our righteousness, and it's not. That just separates us from the heathenistic practices of the Gentiles. But what's more important than them all? The royal law of love, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. So this is how you see who is a true follower of Christ. That you can't trust what somebody's saying out of their mouth. You have to see what their actions are telling you, brothers and sisters. Is there patience? Is there long-suffering? Is there tenderheartedness? Is there humility and meekness? See, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for who can break down a scripture. All of our people could break down scriptures during this time, brothers and sisters. All of us could break the scriptures down. So there's something else other than thinking you're deep because you can break down some scriptures. Where's the love? Where is the love, brothers and sisters? A lot of our people come into the truth and want to be the authority of somebody and just tell people what to do. Because by telling people they're wrong and what they can do, and that means you're over somebody because you can tell them what they're doing wrong. 
There's no, that's not love. That's what the Pharisees would do. The Pharisees, they would, if they saw you breaking the law, they would pull out a whole scroll, a flat, they would pull out a whole scroll right there in front of you and say, you see this brother? Right here, you're breaking this. This is what they would do. That's not love, brothers and sisters. And that's the further proof that just because you're an Israelite doesn't mean you're going to make it because they're not going to make it. So a lot of us get caught up on this being an Israelite thing. And that doesn't matter as much as being the Israelite, being Christ. You must follow Christ. We're not following Israelites. We're following Christ. We're followers of Christ. We're pre-Constantine Christians. The Christians that before Constantine, because now Christians, they celebrate Christmas, they eat pork, they worship on Sundays. So that didn't happen until after Constantine. Before Constantine was a different Christianity, brothers and sisters. And that's what we are. We are pre-Constantine Christians, followers of Christ, not followers of Moses, not followers of Judah, not followers of Benjamin, not followers of Paul. We're followers of Christ, brothers and sisters, and we must exemplify the royal law of love. We're going to go to Matthew 24 and 12. Because it was prophesied that in the last days, love would minimize. We're going to prove that. This was the disciples asking Christ, excuse me, asking Christ, how can you know when the end days are? Matthew 24, verse 12. These are the signs of the end. And because iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. Read that one more time, brother. And because iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. So because sin has become a normality, the world will forget what love is, brothers and sisters. See? Mm -hmm. So sin, look around, brothers and sisters, turn on the TV, turn on the radio. Because sin has become a normality, love shall wax cold. Patience would run low, brothers and sisters. If we don't know what love is, then what good is all of this knowledge, brothers and sisters? And why do we bring this up? Because a lot of our people, they say, well, yeah, I'm angry. I'm bitter. I have a reason to be bitter because this and because of that. Listen, everybody have a reason to be angry. Everybody have a reason to be bitter, brothers and sisters. But the Bible told you that this would happen. Why? Because iniquity shall abound. Sin has become a, a normality, brothers and sisters. So you'll hear, yeah, I'm bitter. Yeah, my face is frowned up and I'm slandering. And I always have something negative to say. Because why? Somebody did something to me. As if that's an excuse. We're going to go to Matthew 5 and 8 to show you. We're going to buffer that point, brothers and sisters. Everybody have a reason. Is the reason good enough? Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Read that part again. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. See? So the peacemakers should be called the children of Israel. Doesn't matter if you by blood a child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you're not exemplifying peace. See? So, yeah, I'm showing hate because I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. Doesn't matter what you agree with. Brothers and sisters, we must exemplify the character of our Heavenly Father. And the Bible is going to show you that. Verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. See, so guess what? People are going to persecute you. That's, that, <laughs> that should be expected, brothers and sisters. That's not a reason for you to be bitter. 
Because the Bible told you that you would be persecuted for righteousness sake. So there is no reason. A lot of people say, well, yeah, I'm showing hate because of this. Why? The Bible told you you were going to be persecuted. So what's the problem? Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right. So we must be peacemakers, brothers and sisters. Peacemaking tries to build bridges to people. It doesn't want the animosity to remain. It wants reconciliation. It wants harmony. See? So everybody have a reason to be bitter, brothers and sisters. But the Bible says what? Read verse 10 one more time, brother. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye. When men shall revel you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. See? So so you you should you should brothers and sisters, you should know that this is coming and understand that you will receive the kingdom of heaven. Not that I'm going to be angry and be bitter because of somebody did something to me. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm spreading division and variance because of this. That goes on you see a lot of, you know, older people who they end up alone because somebody 15 years ago made a mistake in a relationship or something. And now you're alone because you couldn't deal with forgiveness. And speaking on forgiveness, let's go to Proverbs 19 and 11, because the Bible tell you that offenses will come. People will persecute you and you have to be ready to you have to be you have to be ready to go through that, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 19 and 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. Read that one more time, brother. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his holy, it is his glory to pass over a transgression. See, this is forgiveness. Forgiveness is an honorable thing, brothers and sisters. We have the privilege to overlook a transgression. This is what this is talking about, brothers and sisters. When you cover an offense, you give grace and empathy to the offender. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. See? So you don't have to react to every transgression, brothers and sisters. Because why? How many transgressions have you done? And Christ and the Most High was patient and forgiven with you. How long were you doing dirt? And the Most High didn't cut you off and cuss you out, did he? So when you overlook an offense, you choose to give something valuable to yourself. The reminder that your security is not based on others' opinions of you, but on the security you have in Christ. So it's your choice or it's our choice whether or not to agree with Satan's suggestions to get offended, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. See, forgiveness, brothers and sisters, persecution will come. How will you react? How will you react? Will you deal with forgiveness? Will you overlook a transgression? Because everybody's not perfect. Matter of fact, nobody's perfect, including I in court. So the offenses will come, brothers and sisters. There will be reason for you <laughs> to be bitter. But what are you going to do? Are you going to overlook that? Because why? You have the privilege to forgive that, brothers and sisters. You have the privilege to overlook that, brothers and sisters. You don't have to engage. You don't have to do that. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 4. I know we're doing a lot of jumping, brothers and sisters, but this is one of the most important lessons that our church have put together or that the Most High have put together. 
1 John 4 and 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Right, so we can't we cannot claim to love the most high and at the same time refuse to love our brethren. Can you read that one more time? Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Brother Corey, can you read 1 John 4 and 7 one more time? Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. We're talking about the forgotten camp commandment, brothers and sisters, the royal law of love. We're going to jump to verse 20. Verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Can you read that one more time, brother? If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Why is that? Because it's easier to love an observable human than an invisible God. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Right. So if we cannot deliver on the easier task, we will not deliver on the harder task. Nothing. So nothing could be more contradictory. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother... He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Right. So you can't love God if you hate your brother. Nothing could be more contradictory. Verse 21. And this commandment have we from him. And this what? This commandment have we from him. That he who loveth God love his brother also. This is a commandment, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. And this commandment have we from him. That he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Right. And now, listen, brothers and sisters, if you only love those who agree with you, you're exemplifying bigotry. A bigot only loves those who embrace his opinion and receive his way of worship. And he loves them for that and not for Christ's sake. So that's bigotry. He didn't say love those who agree with you. Uh, uh, read verse 20, brother, please. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Read that one more time. How can he love God whom he has not seen? So if a man say he loved God and hate his brother, he's a liar. Who is his brother? This is not talking about your physical siblings, brothers and sisters. This is not just talking about a Jew loving a Jew or a Benjamite loving a Benjamite. This is not just talking about an Israelite loving an Israelite. This is not just talking about a Shemite loving a Shemite, brothers and sisters. Because I know a lot of Israelites will say, well, no, this is actually talking about you loving people from within Israel. How do we know that's a falsehood? How do we know that's a fallacy? Your brethren is not just those who share your ethnicity or your origin. Let's prove that. Let's go to Deuteronomy 23 and 7, brother Corey. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse <clears throat> 7. Who is your brother? Deuteronomy 23 and 7. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite. Read that again. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite. Thou shalt not abhor or hate an Edomite. Who is Edom? Who is the Edomite? Esau is the quote-unquote white man, the Caucasian. 
Read that one more time, brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. For he is your enemy? Thy brother. For he is your... He is thy brother. Your brother. See? So the Edomite is your brother. So this is not just talking about other Israelites. This is talking about Edomites too. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. See? Doesn't matter what his histrionics are. Doesn't matter if he reciprocates that love. You, as an Israelite, should not hate an Edomite, for he is your brother. See? This is your brother. We're going to go to James chapter 2, verse 8, because we wanted to show you that when it talks about brothers and brethren and sisters, it's not just talking about people who show, excuse me, who share your ethnicity. This is even speaking of the heat, uh, the Gentiles. This is even speaking of the white man. James chapter 2, mm -hmm. we're going to read 8 through 10. James 2 and 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. Read that one more time. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. It's called a royal law on account of its excellence and nobleness, brothers and sisters. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressor. See, so if you have respect on who you'll love. See, read that from the top, brother. Verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Right, so brothers and sisters, we are to regard all persons as our neighbors and are to treat them according to their true worth. Verse 9, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law's transgressors. Right, so if you're showing partiality as it pertains to who you will show love to, you're committing a heinous flagrant sin. Read that one more time, brother, please. But if ye have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law's transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. See? So if you keep the whole 10, the whole whatever, 600, whatever they're saying it is, you keep all that, but yet you don't love your brethren. You don't love an Edomite. You don't love a Hamite. You don't love a, you know, a Japhetic person. Guess what? You're guilty of breaking the whole law. You might as well be a homosexual uh, eating a pork chop and bacon sandwich sitting up in church on Christmas. That's what you might as well just, that's what you might as well just do. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Now we magnify this. Why? Because our people, a lot of Israelites, especially Israelites who, who mostly just deal with the law of Moses and not the spirit of the law, not the epistles of Paul, don't deal with the love of Christ. They claim that you're only supposed to love those who um, are born of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as Israelites. And that's the Bible tell you you're committing sin. You're a transgressor if you have respected persons as it pertains to who you will love. And we needed to magnify that. A true follower of Christ, a true disciple, love all people, no matter their race, their color, or their creed, brothers and sisters. Without any shadow of a doubt, we wanted to <clears throat> magnify that. Because these are the things you should look for as it pertains to joining a church, brothers and sisters. This is the things that you should look for. This is how you measure a man or a woman. 
I don't care how much knowledge you claim to have. Or if you can recite the whole Bible without looking at it. Doesn't matter. Where's the love? Where's the love? We're not going to treat... We're, we teach at our church, you treat the CEO and the janitor the same. You treat all people the same, and that's with love. Without any shadow of a doubt. And anything short of that is a flagrant sin. And you are a transgressor of the law. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 22, brothers and sisters, follow us, please. First Peter chapter one, verse 22. First Peter one and 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervent. It says, seeing that you have purified your souls. How did you do that? In baptism. Read that one more time, brother, please. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. In doing what? Obeying the truth. The truth has a purifying and separating power, removing all obstacles to exercise of brotherly love. Obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. See, love one another with a pure heart, which means we don't love people based on what they can do for us, brothers and sisters. So love for the brethren is evidence that we truly have been born again, brothers and sisters. Love is always caring, even in disagreements. It's not devoid of feelings or compassion and tenderness, brothers and sisters. That's why it says with a pure heart, fervently. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Right. So love for our brethren is an evidence that we've truly been born again, brothers and sisters. No matter how much knowledge you have, if you're not showing love to your brethren, which is all people, those who walk the earth, brethren and sisters, then you're not truly born again. What you are is you're a liar, like the Bible said. You don't know the Most High God because you're not following His commandments. And one of the greatest commandments is to love thy neighbor, love thy brethren. And that's not mutually exclusive to another Israelite. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to read 1 through 3. Follow us, brothers and sisters, please. Hebrews chapter 13, uh, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. <clears throat> Hebrews 13 and 1. Let brotherly love continue. Read that one more time. Let brotherly love continue. Despite the number of problems or lack of agreements we face, we must make sure that we let our brotherly love continue. How? It's going to tell you. Verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. That means by exhibiting hospitality. That's what that means, being hospitable. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. See, so how you entertain people. Even people you don't know. Why? Because you could be dealing with an angel. The Most High could have sent an angel to you just to see. And he may have made him a white man too. Just to see how you're going to treat this person. And then that angel go back and report to the Most High God. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds and bound with them. And them which suffer adversity, 
as being yourselves also in the body. Right. So feel for them as you would wish others to feel for you, where you in their circumstances, brothers and sisters. Feel deep compassion for them. Empathize. Sympathize. This is how you... This is how you allow brotherly love to continue, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why is love such an emphasis in biblical literature? And the answer is because the Bible, excuse me, because love creates unity. And that's what's most important, brothers and sisters. Love creates unity. And we're going to prove that. We're going to Psalms chapter 133 in the Old Testament. We're going to read Psalms 133 verse 1. Psalms 133 and 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Read that one more time, brother. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Right. While many in today's world are engaged in celebrating diversity, the Bible places an extraordinary emphasis on the value of unity, brothers and sisters. Unity is According to the scripture, a good and a pleasant thing, especially among the brethren. So godly unity produces joy because it overcomes the sorrow of self-seeking and fulfills the true love of outgoing concerns for others, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, Brother Corey? Verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to, to, to dwell together in unity. Right. Unity, brothers and sisters. And you can't have unity if there's no love, if there's no tenderheartedness and understanding and meekness and humility. All of these things in conjunction, all these things in accumulation exemplify love, which is the forgotten commandment. One of the most important uh, commandments, brothers and sisters, as the Bible has magnified time and time again. No matter how, um, you know, no matter how many laws you know, no matter how many scriptures you know, without any shadow of a doubt, the most important things for you to do is to love the Most High God and love your brethren. We're going to go to, we're going to move forward. We're going to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. We're sticking in the New Testament for a minute here, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please. We're going to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians 4 and 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Right. That you, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. See, so we look at this. We're prisoners to this, to this work, brothers and sisters. We, we're prisoners. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else for us to do. This is our calling, brothers and sisters, to love our brethren. To be an example for the world. To be a light in a world full of <clears throat> darkness, brothers and sisters. We're prisoners of the Most High God. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Right. See, so love means you must be in all lowliness. And that means not thinking you're greater than you are, not being egotistical. That means exemplifying meekness with long suffering, which means patience and forbearing. See, these are this is how you create. This is how you uphold unity, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse one. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called 
with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There is one body, brothers and sisters, the body of Christ. So unity doesn't mean that everybody is the same, but that we honor our differences and work together despite our differences. See? So this is what we're magnifying, brothers and sisters, because why? Some might be tempted to think that it's impossible to have unity. Some people may say, they may declare that we're too different. We can't be unified. Even in the church, God made everybody different with different roles. And these differences make the body of Christ glorious. Can you read that again, brother? Verse one. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord and one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Right. So this even within a church, brothers and sisters, because Ephesians is a letter to a church. We must be unified. There must be unity, excuse me, unity within a body, brothers and sisters. Each person is different with a different role. And you need each of these roles, each of these talents to make the body work, brothers and sisters. The eye needs the hand. The hand needs the feet. And we give honor to the hidden parts like the heart and the liver. So even the parts that seem small and uncomely are actually essential, brothers and sisters. And this is how you keep unity. And we're going to prove that. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians 12 and 23. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Right. So, brothers and sisters, unity doesn't mean that everybody is the same, but that we honor our differences and work together despite our differences. Verse 24. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which which lacked. Right. So even the parts that seem less honorable to the naked eye have great significance, brothers and sisters. Each member has its form, place and use, brothers and sisters. So you don't you know, everybody's not going to do the same job within a church with each member is to do is find out what's being what's lacking and to do that. We don't need a hundred people being administrators. We don't need a hundred choir directors. We just don't need it. each person find out what the church is lacking and then bring it together to perfect the body. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse twenty three. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our comely parts. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Right, so brothers and sisters, all the members of the body are useful and necessary to each other. To be unified, believers must develop the correct perspectives, because this is what happens if not. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body. 
but that the members should have the same care one for another. Right. So you'll have no envy within the body, brothers and sisters. You'll have no schisms. You'll have no uh, disagreements as it pertains to what the purpose is of the body, brothers and sisters. We must have the correct perspectives. Find out what your role is and excel at your role and find out how great you can become. See? And that's, that's what a body is supposed to do. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 25. That there should be no schisms in the body, but that the member should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Read that again, brother. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So you need to watch that. A brother or a sister who cannot be happy for another brother. You cannot be, because it's not me. I'm not getting the glory. So since I'm not getting the glory, I'm not happy for that. Even when you were in the world, remember, you would come to your brother. Hey, man, I got a new job. Oh, okay, good for you. Right. See, that kind of person, you need to watch that person. You want to be around people who, when you have, when something glorious happens to you, they feel like it happened to them. They're happy for you. See? And when a brother is suffering or, or lacking, we all feel like, you know, we're suffering. You you must be unified, brothers and sisters. That means we all, as, as a body of, excuse me, as a member of Christ's body, we must understand the correct perspectives, brothers and sisters. Because why? Disunity always begins in the heart, in the mind, before it manifests outwardly, brothers and sisters. So therefore... If we're going to be a unified people, we, we must work on the inner man. For it is from the inner man that all divisions come. See, brothers and sisters? See? So we all, as a body, must to understand the importance of each part. A pinky finger is very small. But if you don't have that pinky finger, you can't really grasp anything. An eye, an eyeball is very small. But without it, you don't have clarity in your vision, brothers and sisters. So no matter how small a, 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 a member may be or may seem, without it, it's not a body. You never realize how much an eyebrow matters until you don't have one. Right, sisters? See? So even though it seems small when it ain't there, it <laughs> you know it, don't you? So we must have the correct perspective, brothers and sisters, and be in meekness and humility and lowliness, brothers and sisters. No person is greater than the other, no matter what it seems like to the outside. People must find their role and excel at that and find out how great they can make the, that they can help the church, how great the church will elevate. If you have people not stepping on each other's feet, not disrespecting people because Somebody is on this level and somebody's on that level. We don't mark people by, uh, I had a brother one time tell me, well, this is the weakest person in their faith. And this is the strongest person. I'm like, brother, don't ever say that to me again. Don't ever say that to me again. Don't you ever try to say, oh, this is the weakest person in our body. Don't you ever say that to me again, brother. Because why? You shouldn't be measuring people's spiritual strength. That's not for you. That's for Christ. And you're not Christ. You're not Moses. You're not Paul. You're not. You're definitely not Christ. Uh, read that next scripture, brother. <clears throat> Verse twenty-six. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
Now ye are the body of Christ. Read that again. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. See? So now, once you have this perception, now we are a body of Christ, brothers and sisters. We, we want to say it again. Disunity always begins in the heart and the mind before it manifests outwardly. So therefore, if we're going to be a unified people, we must work on the inner man. Because why? From the inner man, all divisions come. We're going to go to James chapter 4, verse 1. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to stay in the New Testament. Because now we're talking about within a body, within a church. James 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? See? So unity first starts inwardly, brothers and sisters. We must care more about others than about ourselves. We must be more about others' happiness. And unity cannot be achieved if only one person has this mindset, brothers and sisters. We all must have this mindset in order to be elevated as Christ's body, as the church, brothers and sisters. We want to magnify that. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Hebrews 10 and 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Right. Our bodies washed with pure water, which is baptism, brothers and sisters. This is in the body of a church. So once we're washed in that pure water, our heart should be changed. Our mind should be renewed away from that evil conscious, consciousness where there's schisms within the body, within the church. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we have to once we're baptized, we should, you know, you, you'll see people within a body or even if you don't have a body right now, and maybe you're following us online because we don't have a gathering in your area, you'll see certain people who think negative all the time, right? And the Bible is telling you once you're baptized, you must become you must become cleansed inwardly. Uh, read twenty three, brother, please. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. See, not always looking at what's negative. Provoke us to love, even in correction, brothers and sisters. Because if you don't do it that way, then what happens? Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. See, that's what happens. Now, people start separating from the body. Because... They're, they're, they have an evil conscience. They're thinking negative. Everybody is not respecting their role and elevating themselves and finding out what's lacking within a body. Therefore, there is no weakness because you come into a body, you find out what's not being done, and then you do it. Now we have everybody who wants to, well, I want to be the choir director or I want to be the coordinator for the holy days or I want to be the reader. See, that, that's, see, that's not love, brothers and sisters. That is not love. So when you, when you don't have the correct perspective, then you start forsaking the assembly, brothers and sisters. Now, when that happens, there's something in your heart 
that led you that way. And it's not righteous because why the body is our life source, brothers and sisters. And Satan wants you on the outside of where the word is being continually manifested. So we must view our brothers as Christ views them and not forsake the assembly. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Right, exhorting one another. That means giving praise and not in a worship way, but we must we must elevate our people. We must speak glorious upon our people. We must encourage one another, brothers and sisters. And it says, and so much more as the day approaching. So as it gets closer to the second coming, you're going to need, brothers and sisters, you're going to need a body. So if you forsake the assembly, guess what? When Jacob's when when the when the jack boots come, you're gonna be scrambling for a body. You're gonna be scrambling. So the Bible is telling you, especially as it gets closer, as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ, we need to be unified and not dealing disunity, brothers and sisters. So you'll have people who are not happy for whatever reason, they're not happy, and they'll separate themselves and then start talking evil about others. This is what this is what happens. Because they don't like something or because the church is not um, maybe handling something the way they believe it should be handled. Then they'll forsake the assembly of themselves. They'll stop coming together and then they'll start talking evil about people. And the Bible's warning you of that. Verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Right. It says if we sin willfully, what does that mean? That means you're forsaking the assembly. You forsake. When you do that, you're forsaking the only thing Christ left for us. And that's his body, brothers and sisters. If you decide not to. OK, well, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm going to go learn on my own now. I just read the Bible on my own. Well, listen, you you could have did that already. We, it's not like, well, yeah, I just, you know, I just need to get some things right. Within myself, and I just need to deal with that. Listen, you could do that from within the body. It's not like you you're gonna go to Satan to fix it. So the Bible is telling you, do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, because that's where our power is, brothers and sisters. And you'll hear, well, I'm just I used to be with them, or I used to be with this group, and it may not even be our church, brothers and sisters, but you'll hear it. Well, I used to learn here, but now. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, reading the Bible for myself. That's not love, brothers and sisters. That's not participating in the body established under Christ. And when you see that, people saying, well, I'm just doing on my own. It's because they, they, they have no discipline. And they cannot fall under structure. Uh, people don't like structure. They think they should just be able to do whatever they want to do, even within the body of Christ, brothers and sisters. So you'll see a lot of brothers out there who say, well, yeah, I used to be with this church or I used to be with that church. But, you know, I'm just learning on my own now. Why? Because you can't respect discipline. You can't respect structure. Is that why? Because this is what happens, brothers and sisters. You have more respect for a lie. <laughs> you respect the Christian church and Joel Osteen more than you respect your own brethren where there's truth. And it happens all the time, brothers and sisters. And then they'll carry that as a banner, as if that's something to be magnified. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I, I learned in the basement of my, you know, I just learned on my own in my mom's basement. Well, you see brothers with a camera by themselves. Understand, that's not of the most high, brothers and sisters. In fact, that's a sin. Because why? 
where two or more is gathered, he's in the midst. So the, you being on your own, the Most High is not telling you to go learn from somebody who's by themselves, brothers and sisters, because there's a reason why they're by, they're by themselves. Satan want to pull them out there into the deep waters to drown them, to pull them away from anybody that can help help them, brothers and sisters. He want to, he want to pull you out there alone so he can be the only voice you hear. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Do not allow anybody to pull you away from your life source, even if it's not this church. Because you'll have people come in and try to pull you away, and then you're like, okay, well, I left the church. When, when do we gather? When, when, you know, when do we gather? They're like, oh, no, no, you're good. <laughs> you just learn on your own. You're good. So, so hold on. I just left the body where I was loved to learn on my own now? See? Examine that, brothers and sisters. That's not love. That is not love. And we're going to go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer. We're going to go to chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. We know this lesson is a little lengthy, but it's needed, brothers and sisters, because if we, exhi if we exhibit the spirit of love, that would fix a lot of the problems within the minority communities. That would stop the bloodshed. That would stop the gangbanging. That would stop the selling drugs to each other, brothers and sisters. That would stop the throwing dollars on our sisters, swinging their behind on a pole. Because there's no love, brothers and sisters. So we're going to Ecclesiasticus chapter 6, verse 1. Ecclesiasticus 6, verse 1. Instead of a friend, become not an enemy. For thereby thou shalt inherit an ill name, shame and reproach. Even so shall a sinner that hath a double tongue. Right. Now, when it says double tongue, brothers and sisters, usually this is somebody who claims uh, that this was a something was a misunderstanding. Usually you'll hear that. And when they say that it's a misunderstanding, usually that's them trying to skirmish out of accountability, brothers and sisters. Well, oh, 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 I, I must. I'm, oh, that's what you meant. I must have misunderstood you. So, yeah, I um, I caused all this mess. Because of a misunderstanding. See, instead of saying, okay, you know what, brother, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Well, sister, you know what? I shouldn't have did that. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Well, no, it, it was a misunderstanding. That's double tongue, brothers and sisters. Verse 2. Extol not thyself in the counsel of thine own heart. Uh, read it from the top one more time, brother, please. Verse 1. Instead of a friend, become not an enemy. For thereby thou shalt inherit an ill name. Shame and reproach. Even so shall a sinner that hath a double tongue. See, so when you deal with that double tongue, you inherit an ill name. Shame and reproach. People want to stay away from you. And they'll, they'll like, like we said, they'll claim it was because of a misunderstanding. And why? Because Satan works in the dark. And once light is shown on it, <laughs> then it's a misunderstanding. Because why? I couldn't have participated in that the way it's being viewed. So because of that, uh... It was a misunderstanding. See? Verse 2. Extol not thyself in the counsel of thine own heart. Can you read that again, brother? Extol not thyself in the counsel of thine own heart. Extol, which means, uh, that means um, praising yourself in your own mind. I should be this. I should be doing that. That means believing that you're greater than everybody else. <laughs> Overinflated ego. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. Extol not thyself in the counsel of thine own heart. 
that thy soul be not torn in pieces as a bull strain alone. A bull strain alone, brothers and sisters. This comes when you're forsaken the assembly. A bull. See? By yourself. That's where Satan wants you. By yourself. Why is a bull by itself, brothers and sisters? Because it's unpredictable and nobody wants to be around it. Because anything you don't agree with, you'll just attack it. So because of that, bulls stray alone. See? So, brothers and sisters, examine this. Are you dealing in this spirit? If you are, repent of it. <laughs> and, and, and ask the Most High God for forgiveness. Because this is what happens. You'll be within a church and somebody will say, well, I didn't agree with this. Or because they're not teaching that. See? Or I'm going to pull this brother or this sister away because of whatever reason. So, you know, if your perspective was right, then where is your work? If your perspective is right, where is your work? So if you see somebody straying alone, brothers and sisters, you know they have hatred and envy in them. They have variance in them. So like a bull, you know, they're straying alone like a bull with an attitude and no works. The Bible is warning you of this, brothers and sisters. You have to examine this. See, because you have to protect wherever it is that you are learning. So when these things come in, you have to examine it and then deal with correction within the spirit of love. Even when there's somebody is flagrantly doing something offensive or trying to destroy, you come to them in love. The Bible says when you have an art with your brother, you go to him in love. And if you gain and if you go to him and he receive you, then now you've gained a brother. Or a sister. If a sister have done something, you go to her and say, sister, that was wrong. I need to tell you how you made me feel. That was wrong. That hurt me. Right? A brother walking past you in the pew, right? Step on your foot. You don't go to somebody else and say, yeah, he step on your foot too? Yeah, that's what he do. He, he, he you know, he's a habitual line uh, foot stepper. No, you don't do that. You go to your brother, say, excuse me, brother. You know, you stepped on my shoe there. And he'll say, Oh, my bad, brother. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's, it's okay, man. It's okay, man. Let's, you know, next time, just let me know. I'll move out the way. Keep my big toe. See, that's all you have to do. But Satan will take away your courage to where you can't even say something to your brother or your sister. To where now you're just tallying up on them everything they've done. And then you explode. That's not love. Even in offense. Because why? Persecutions will come. Offenses will come. How will you deal with it? How will you deal with it? The Bible tell you soft words turn away wrath. So we must exemplify that because especially in the black community, we don't know how to disagree. <laughs> a disagreement goes straight to a fight. Oh, you don't agree? So what you trying to do? You want to fight? That's how black people handle everything for some reason. And we have to come out of that spirit, brothers and sisters. We have to learn how to respect each other's perception and how we perceive things, even in disagreement. Because why? That's love. That's unity, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Peter 3 and 8. We got, we're almost done here, brothers and sisters. 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verse 8 through 12. <clears throat> 1 Peter 3 and 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Read that one more time, brother. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Be ye of one mind. It all begins with how you think about others. Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful and be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, 
or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. So we must be of one mind, brothers and sisters. And what's that one mind? We are to be sympathetic. We should be emotionally moved and sincere, excuse me, and sincerely interested in the feelings of others. And how do you do that? Read verse 9, please, brother. Verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. See? So we are to pursue peace, brothers and sisters. Put simply, love is the essence of a true believer. Because why? Satan's aim is to cultivate disunity within the body of Christ. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4 and 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Why do we go here? Because love extends to your speech. Read that again, brother, please. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So put off abusive speech that tears down another person and put on the speech that builds them up. But that which is good to use to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you, but put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another. Read that again. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Right. See? So love extends to your speech, brothers and sisters. We must put off that abusive speech. We must put off the negative thinking brothers and sisters, of trying to tear down our own people, or not even our own people, but any person at all. We must use speech that builds a person up. We must stop lying or stretching the truth to our own advantages and begin to speak the truth in love. We must cease from gossip and slander, brothers and sisters. Love extends to your speech. To prove that, we're going to Proverbs 12 and 18. We're talking about the commandment of love. Proverbs 12, 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Read that again, brother. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Right. So thoughtless speech is like the stabs of a sword, brothers and sisters. But the tongue of the wise is what? Is healing. See? So here's a precious and powerful proverb explaining how you can be a great danger or a great benefit to others. Love extends to your speech. Why? Because your speech can cause more trouble or good, more pain or profit than any other part of you, brothers and sisters. And wise men, wise women too, learn to rule their tongue in words to only help others, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 18. <clears throat> there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue of the wise is help. Right. So when you end a conversation, do others bleed or do they grow? Do others love talking with you because it's pleasant and profitable? Or do they avoid you because they fear harsh and pain? Excuse me. Because they, 
because they fear harsh and painful words. So we went here. Why? Because we needed to prove that love extends to your speech. Love is an action, brothers and sisters, the forgotten commandment, the royal law of love. We're going to go to Philippians 2 and 3. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Read that one more time, brother. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than ourselves. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Let nothing be done in strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, others better than themselves. See? So if we are of one mind, then we will do what? Read that one more time. We are, uh, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Right. And if you're not willing to do that, <laughs> then you have an overinflated opinion of yourself. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things. But every man also on the things of others. Which means what? That means look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Why? Mm -hmm. Because unity starts with you and then I. And in that order, brothers and sisters. So instead of thinking first about yourself, learn to think first about others. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Right. So when our hearts are tender and our minds are humble, we can show consideration of others at all times, brothers and sisters, which is doing what? That is mimicking Christ. The only Israelite we're following. That's the only Israelites we're looking the, the only Israelite we're looking to mimic, brothers and sisters. So we needed to we needed to magnify this because why? We're dealing with the spirit of love, the forgotten commandment, the royal law of love, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, verse 25. Acts 20 and 25. And now, behold, I know that ye all among... Excuse me, brother. Uh, verse 35. Verse 35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Christ, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. See? So when operating in the spirit of love, there is more happiness in giving than there is in receiving brothers and sisters. So self-sacrificing brotherly love is the mark by which we are identified as true followers of Christ. Showing self-sacrifice, excuse me, showing self-sacrificing love is putting the needs and interests of others ahead of ourselves. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 35. <clears throat> I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of Christ. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. Right. So why are we going here, brothers and sisters? Because we're going through how to exemplify the spirit of love. 
the qualities, the character traits that somebody that you must exemplify in order to be recognized as a disciple or an apostle of Christ, a follower of Christ, whether it be a male or whether it be man or woman, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, also known as Sirach. We're going to read uh, chapter 28, verse 2. Examine this, brothers and sisters. The classic Ecclesiasticus 28, verse 2. Forgive thy neighbor the hurt that he hath done unto thee. So shall thy sins also be forgiven when thou prayest. Read that one more time, brother. Forgive thy neighbor that hurt thee. Well, the hurt that he hath done unto thee, so shall thy sins also be forgiven when thou prayest. Right. So what is this saying? This is saying be, be long, being long-suffering is a fusion of patience and power, brothers and sisters. So long-suffering is no longer an everyday word. I, I, I mean, it, it's evident, brothers and sisters. But it's a virtue needed more than ever when impatience, intolerance, and oversensitive oversensitivity and the impulse of um, of anger is so prevalent. We need this, brothers and sisters, to keep the unity. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. Forgive thy neighbor the hurt that he hath done unto thee, so shall thy sins also be forgiven when thou prayest. Right. So we're trying to, we want to magnify this, brothers and sisters. Because why? This is the forgotten commandment. We see a lot of Israelites out there who know a plethora of scriptures but are not following one of the most important laws, which is love. Even in when somebody have wronged you, brothers and sisters, even when they deserve, <laughs> uh, you know, your anger to be able to forgive thy neighbor. Read that one more time. Forgive thy neighbor the hurt that he hath done unto thee. So shall thy sins also be forgiven when thou prayest. See, so there's a contingency. In order for you to be forgiven, you must forgive he that hurt you. See? Examine that, brothers and sisters. Examine that because somebody has to take a stand on these long living grudges that we go to the grave with. This is, what, this is what's going on in our community, brothers and sisters. That's how you keep a slave a slave. By having them, <laughs> you know, by having them go against the people that they need. We need each other, brothers and sisters, but we can't even deal with forgiveness. Therefore, we're not forgiven. Therefore, we're not receiving the blessing from the Most High God. It all trickles down, brothers and sisters. We must be long-suffering. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 2. Uh, excuse me, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. <clears throat> Colossians 3 and 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, Meekness, long suffering, and what? Long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave ye, forgave you, so also do ye. Right. So being long suffering means patiently putting up with others, brothers and sisters. Love is long suffering. It's only realistic to expect that from time to time our brothers may irritate us, and we may do the same thing to them. But patience and forbearance can help us to cope with the minor annoyances we sustain in our dealings with others, brothers and sisters. See, can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, 
kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. See? So these are the qualities that decipher a, a, a follower of Christ from a follower of Lucifer, a follower of Satan. I don't care if you got fringes on or not. I don't care about if you know Hebrew or not. Shalom, ah, shalom. They was doing that to Christ. They, when he came, shalom, shalom, Christ. And as soon as he left, they <laughs> they plotting against him. So if you are not exemplifying these character traits, these qualities, then you need to examine yourself because you're not dealing in the spirit of love. This is for sisters too. Because why? Sisters, <laughs> they hold grudges more than men. Men, they get over stuff. They Listen, <laughs> men will get over stuff a lot of, most times. Sisters, they take this thing to the grave. Sisters take these things to the grave a lot of times. And, and, it, and it makes our sisters sick. When you can't forgive, guess what? You become sick. Physical. I'm talking about physical ailments because you can't forgive. Brother Corey, we're going to go to Proverbs 12 and 25. Follow us, brothers and sisters, please. Proverbs 12 and 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. What is this saying? This is saying love is kind, brothers and sisters. Kindness is shown by helpful acts and considerate words. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Right. So love moves us to look for ways to show kindness, especially toward those in, in need most, brothers and sisters. So when we take the initiative to show kindness, we demonstrate the genuineness of our love. So love is kind. We need to... We need to implement that, brothers and sisters, especially if you want to be claimed as a child of the Most High God, whether you're an Israelite or not. These are the things you must exemplify, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Luke chapter 6 and 27 because I read a quote somewhere where it said, any book that tells you to love your enemies was written by the enemy. Now, that's a problem. Now, that is a problem. And anybody who had that mindset is going to have a terrible life. Because why? Two, two wrongs don't make it right. It makes it even. And it leaves the whole world blind, brothers and sisters. That particular thinking, where, where does it stop? Where does it stop? If everybody believes, oh, you know, somebody did me wrong, I need to do them wrong. Then where does it stop, brothers and sisters? We're going to go to Luke 20, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 20, uh, through 36. Luke 6, verse 27. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Doing good is an action, brothers and sisters, and we should be ready and willing to do kind things to those who could care less about us. Verse 28. Bless them that curse you. That means this requires that we speak well to do. Excuse me. We speak well to and about those who have hurt us. That's and, what this means. And pray for them which despitefully use you. Right. So pray for those who mistreat you. Can you read that one more time? 
Verse 28, bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the cheek, on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Right. So the part we want to magnify here is this is talking about loving your enemy, brothers and sisters. So you pray for those who mistreat you. And the more you the more you regularly pray for those who hate us, the more we will grow in compassion for them. So people will say, how do you love your enemy? You love them the same way the Bible tell you. So what that means is the Bible say, don't steal, don't covet. Even though somebody may be an enemy, you can't steal from them. You can't kill them. You can't covet his wife or his car or her husband. That's what that means. You love your enemy means you treat them the way the Bible says treat them. Just because somebody may be an enemy or you may not be fond of them doesn't mean it's okay to steal from them. Doesn't mean it's okay to covet what's theirs. This is what the Bible is talking about, brothers and sisters, when it talks about for you to love your enemy. Verse 30. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. See, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. That's crystal clear. We're going to go to Romans 12 and 14. Touching on the point of loving thy enemy. Romans 12 and 14. Bless them which per persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Read that again. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. This is a believer's duty in the face of hostility and antagonism, brothers and sisters. Bless them which curse you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. So identify, sympathize, empathize, even with those who are against you. Verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Read that again, brother. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Why? Why? Because that is a brutish recompense befitting only animals, brothers and sisters. So you'll have a, on a farm, you'll have a watchdog, right? And that's what that's like. Animals have no conscience, brothers and sisters, of a life. So you have a dog barking and you hear another dog down the street bark back because they hear another dog barking. So they'll just be barking back and forth for all through the night, brothers and sisters, all through the night. So that's <laughs> recompensing evil for evil is befitting of an animal, brothers and sisters. That's what this is talking about. Verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you. Live peaceably with all men. Right. Because it takes two to make a quarrel. So let me be sure that I'm never one of the two. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, and then Romans 13 and 8. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, brothers and sisters. 
First Peter 2 and 17. Honor all men. Read that again. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. So that means show the proper respect to all people, brothers and sisters, believers or heathens. Israelites or Gentiles, a believer must endeavor in all relations to behave aright, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we must remember we are servants of the Most High God. So we must pursue peace with all people. Can you read that one more time, brother? 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Fear God. That means this enforces reverence for every law and ordinance of the Most High. If you fear him, you follow all the laws, including the one that says honor all men and love the brotherhood. Love thy neighbor. Love thy enemy. That's what you do if you fear the Most High God. We're going to go to Romans 13 and 8. Going back to the epistles of Paul, brothers and sisters. Romans 13 and 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. Read that again. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. See? So this is obligatory, brothers and sisters. This is compulsory. This is mandatory. Love is a debt due to all men, brothers and sisters. We pay the debt of love out of the surplus of the Most High's inexhaustible love for us. Can you read that one more time? Verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he hath love an- for he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. See? So love is the essence of the spirit of God's law. Why? Because the commandments are prescribed as, as rules of life. And when we love, we have found the true principle of obedience, the true spirit of the holy law. Can you read that one more time? Verse 8. Owe no man anything. But to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Right. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. And we're going to end it there. We owe nothing to no man. Which also means owe no debts, brothers and sisters. As followers of Christ, don't owe anybody anything but what? Read that one more time, brother. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. This is the fulfillment of the law, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was the forgotten commandment. We use biblical text to quantify the importance of the commandment of law of, of love, brothers and sisters. You must follow this commandment. You must implement this commandment. Any true follower of Christ is identified by the spirit of love that he exemplifies. So in order to be identified with an apostle of Christ, you must exemplify the law of love. And by exemplifying that law, the whole the whole law has been fulfilled, brothers and sisters. We want to say Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more. I love you. Ooh, yeah. Israel. I love you like I love myself, Israel. Israel.